0: Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with TheIndicars.com. This issue celebrates the sixth anniversary of Forbes India. And in this cover story package, Forbes India gets many eminent leaders to tell the story of the new government's performance in its first year at office. And how will the next four years look like? You have names like Adi Godrej, Shikha Sharma, Steve Forbes, Kalpana Morparya, even Ayaz Memon writing about sports and many others. Joining me on the call to talk about all of this is the editor of Forbes India, Sharaf Majumdar. Hi, Sharaf. Thanks for joining in.
1: Hi, Abhishek. Always good to be with you again.
0: Thank you. And and firstly, many, many congratulations for a sixth birthday.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. Take us into the editor's room for a moment, Sharov. When the issue was planned in some detail, maybe a few months back, how did you conceive it? Did it write itself, given that it coincided with the new government's first year at office?
1: If you remember, the last anniversary issue, the last year, coincided with the election results. That uh, we decided that since the issue was hitting the stands exactly on the day of the results, it was only appropriate that we had something about uh, new results and what if there is a new prime minister and what would his agenda be. So we got again a host of eminent people last year to write about the PM's agenda, as we called it. We did not, uh, you know, name the PM obviously then, but it turns out that most of us knew that there would be a change of government then. And that turned out to be a very important issue because it laid down the wish list from a lot of India Inc. about what. Government should be doing and how the Prime Minister should be actually taking reforms forward. The anniversary of the government and the anniversary of Forbes India will always then therefore coincide. The first anniversary of this government is very, very critical and uh, we thought it was only appropriate that we should time our anniversary issue with this and make this the theme. But I'm very happy to say that, you know, we also have a very important part of the uh, issue, which is the CEO survey. In fact, it's the India Inc. business leader survey, which has been commissioned on uh, for us uh, by BMR Advisors, the the leading consultancy firm. So that's a highlight of this issue, other than, of course, lots and lots of uh, good, uh, interesting pieces and uh, some interesting, uh, you know, offbeat takes.
0: So what is the overall mood when poll was conducted? So the first year report card from the CEOs themselves,
1: how does it look? The interesting part is there has been so much discussion about a growing discontent and you know people are feeling that when is that Chedin really going to happen and all of that. But if you see the results of our opinion poll, the results are pretty much absolutely bang on in terms of the fact that everybody agrees that Modi is the right guy, this is the right government to take reforms forward. Uh, more than 87% of the business leaders polled believe that the government has in fact been pro-business and pro-economic development and seventy-eight percent of the respondents also feel that the steps by the taken by the Modi government in the past year will lead to a better investment climate. It's something like it's a complete vote of confidence in terms of the stuff which Modi and his government is doing despite the fact that of course in some circles uh, there is some kind of a discontent that probably things could have moved a little faster. A uh, second important point I think is there have been certain uh, initiatives which have been taken by this government, among them being the transparency and allocation of natural resources like, uh, you know, coal auctions. Then there is uh, spectrum auctions, which got a lot of uh, positive uh, feedback from everybody. And of course, there has been some luck in terms of the oil prices coming down and all that. But the direct transfer of subsidies, for instance, the Jan Dhan Yojana, is another important initiative. So, if you talk to the gov- uh, the leading uh, lights of business, they will tell you that. It's, it's not really very often that you see a government taking so many in, important first steps in the first year itself. And I think that's a fairly significant uh, comment because it's not often that a government which, you know, has been elected with such a huge majority has got into business mode so fast.
0: Given that we are talking about business, how important is Mr. Raghuram Rajan to the entire story? The central bank has made certain unconventional moves when it comes to cutting interest rates uh, even before the official date. So what do business leaders think of uh, Mr. Rajan in the package of stories that
1: they have written? This particular issue is more about the government uh, rather than the Reserve Bank of India. Yeah. But having said that, I think the Reserve Bank and the government earlier have been at, uh, you know sparring on various issues, the earlier government and the earlier Reserve Bank of India governor have been, uh, you know, known to be on differing sides of the battle for interest uh, or views on interest rates. But uh, I must say that uh, Raghuram Rajan and uh, uh, Mr. Arun Jaitley have broadly reached some kind of a consensus on rates as well as, you know, on the direction monetary policy should be heading towards. On the rates, I think the governor and, the, and of the Reserve Bank is very data-driven. I think it's very clear that, uh, you know, there is that this was the right time to cut rates or try to push growth by making it an easier interest rate regime.
0: Right, and this time they've made it official by having uh, inflationary targets and they've tweaked the act to have the Reserve Bank of India meet the targets. If they don't, they have to answer back to the
1: government and that was Mr. Rajan's goal. Yes, so I think inflation targeting is the critical aspect here and the government and the ministry uh, and the government and the Reserve Bank have uh, clearly agreed on this. Uh, Another thing I would like to say is that, you know, this poll, which I was talking about, the survey, also um, uh, highlights the performances of some certain ministries. And the results are very, very interesting because uh, the business leaders actually rate them on an average scale of 5. And uh, a rating of 5 is being the maximum, of course. So so, um, the power ministry, for instance, gets a very high rating of 3.38 and the finance ministry gets 3.26 and so on. I think broadly speaking, uh, the one-year report card, as evidenced by the poll, has not been a bad one. So I think the government should take uh, quite a lot of heart from it, despite all the criticism. uh, You know, seems to be coming up here and there.
0: Right, and, and talking about uh, critiques, I, I read Mr. Anupam Mittal's essay, who is the CEO of the group that owns Shadi.com, Makan.com, etc. He talks about the gap in what Mr. Modi has promised and what he's delivered, and that we have also moved back in a few areas like the beef ban or the ban on the documentary of India's daughter or, and a couple of other social issues. So it's, it's not just about business, and the, the report card does talk about where he can take tough stances as well
1: absolutely i think uh, there have been a couple of uh, essays which have talked about this including the Anupam mithil one which you spoke about while there has been a lot of the stuff uh, progress on the economic front in for for one year uh, there have been cases where some of these fringe elements keep popping up now and again which do not show india up uh, in a very positive light to the global community and if continued or if allowed to continue can actually uh, cause some serious problems as far as foreign investments is concerned So if there is a fear that, uh, you know, the political reality of this country is not as stable as it's hoped to be, then investments will obviously not come. So in a sense, it's all related.
0: One of the interesting stats that I read in one of the stories was that tourism, it says that India attracts roughly about 7 million tourists, whereas as compared to Thailand attracts 26 million, China 57 million. Not just foreign money, but if you have to have tourists, foreign people come to India, a lot, lot needs to be done there too.
1: There has been some understanding that there are some soft advantages, the low-hanging fruit which can be taken advantage of. Tourism certainly needs to be one of them. Uh, I remember uh, not so long ago we had a CEO Forbes India CEO dialogue session in Kolkata, where uh, Mr. Hirshberg and Neotia has also had also mentioned that tourism is one area where which needs definitely to be pushed so that you know because it's a foreign exchange earner as well. These are things which need to be addressed, and I think the government is aware of this. Broadly, I think uh, it is a government which is serious about work.
0: Yes, and, and we are talking about a country, uh, as Vinita Bali, one of the writers, uh, she points out that a country that adds 22 million people uh, to the population every year, 10 million people who are desperate for jobs enter the workforce every year, 300 Absolutely. million people go hungry every night, is what she writes, and 700 million defecate in the open. 42% of children in India under 5 are malnourished. So the problems are, p- are plenty and diverse. and
1: The kind of problems which India faces as a country, despite all the positives otherwise, is enormous. And I think a government which has just come with such a huge amount of uh, votes and seats, and not votes rather, so seats, it needs to really get down to action. And Mr. Modi's promise of minimum government and maximum governance is really something which people will be hoping uh, plays out even more strongly in the years ahead. So there's a lot of work to be done. Let's never lose sight of that. That's why we've said, uh, even on the cover, you will find the promise of Modi is yet to unfold in that sense because the next four years is actually going to be critical and that's what all these experts we spoke to and the poll seems to suggest that there's a lot more work to remains to be done
0: and after all the work that you guys have put in in this cover story and the fact that you've you're through with six years how do you guys plan to celebrate this is the last one before we sign off (laughs) what are your plans
1: (laughs) well we celebrate with another yet another good issue i guess so i think it's never-ending series of work which we do, and my, much as I want to sound politically correct, we also want to have, you know, we work hard, we party hard also at Forbes India. So, we will definitely let our hair down in the days to come.
0: Right. Uh, so, there, there will be a few sore heads after the night. Well, thanks a lot, <laughs> sir, for, for
1: your time. <laughs> Thank you. It's, I must say that it's been a pleasure putting this issue together. And I really hope that the, the readers enjoy it. And as always, we would really welcome feedback and including brickbats.
0: Yes, and this issue will be particularly uh, a heavy one, I guess, in weight as well, given the number of stories that it will carry. You can please grab this issue. You can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as on iTunes. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription message, Forbes to 51818. Thanks a lot again, Saurav.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.